Kessler here from Grunthal. Paul Kingsley with the 30-second board to five. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallup. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fox Racing Canada, Phoenix Handlebars, Guts Racing, 204 Skate Shop, and Throttle Syndicate make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. This episode is brought to you by Phoenix Handlebars as well as Guts Racing. Call up Andy Gregg from Guts Racing. That guy does amazing work. He's prompt. I ordered myself a Guts Racing seat cover. It was it, it was here in Canada in less than two days. I couldn't believe it. Um, and the thing absolutely looks great. You're going to love it. Uh, and then also on board with us is Fox Racing Canada. Uh, let's be honest. You want to be looking your best head to toe, tip to tail, no matter what, uh, on or off the track. And you can do that with Fox Racing Canada. Find it at your local dealer. Peruse the website. Find yourself something that you're going to absolutely love. Go to your local uh, dealer. Purchase it up and uh, get used to just turning heads every time that you're at the track. Uh, huge shout out to Danica White as well as JC Sites over at Fox Racing Canada who've uh, put a lot of uh, uh, trust in me to uh, fly the flag for them and I really do appreciate uh, their support this season and uh, and beyond. Um, so obviously we had a couple weeks off uh, with the podcast. Very uh, super busy schedule for me uh, over the last little while. I do apologize for not being able to get podcasts out, uh, but we try and get them out every single Wednesday. Sometimes we fall short, uh, and for that we apologize. Um, but uh, just looking back over the last couple of weeks, we were able to attend uh, a local national, uh, something we haven't had for a number of years. Obviously, 2020 uh, didn't happen whatsoever for uh, Canadian motocross in Manitoba. Uh, it was basically the Ontario Nationals. Um, that's obviously a province here in Canada if you're an American listener. And uh, basically the same thing happened for uh, the 2022 season. Uh, they did not go west um, with the Canadian National Series. So, we missed out. We didn't get to see the fastest guys in the nation do their thing. And uh, it all came back to Prairie Hill MX. First time they've been there. Um, it's a great track. Uh, it's been developing over a number of years. And honestly, it, it gets better and better all the time. Kyle McCannell, his whole family and their crew do an amazing job. They've expanded it. I think back to the first times rolling into that track years ago. So many more trees were around. Uh, it was so much more narrow. Uh, they've widened things. They've added features. They've actually spun the track backwards compared to how it used to run. Uh, tirelessly, they've worked. And originally, they were supposed to host a national, uh, I believe, back in 2019. And for whatever reason, that did not work out, and they ended up going to uh, the Triple Crown Series, ended up going to McNabb Valley. Uh, but they were able to make good on that province of uh, coming to 
uh, Prairie Hill MX, and I think that it produced about as good racing as as they can. 250 class uh, had uh, exchanges for the lead uh, in in both motos. Um, Jacob Piccolo admittedly got a little bit tired at the end of the second moto. A little bit of a fade uh, cost him uh, a 1-1 performance on the day. And uh, they ended up swapping out, didn't lose the points lead, um, but it was Mitchell Harrison, an import from the U.S. Uh, you'll, you'll remember him from his days with Star Racing Yamaha, as well as a short stint with uh, Rockstar Racing Husqvarna, uh, as well as with the, um, uh, at that time would have been the uh, Rockwell Watches uh, Nuclear Blast team with... Um, Team Solitaire, Team Solitaire obviously uh, is a huge part of Monster Energy Supercross every single year, and uh, they housed Mitchell uh, only a few years ago. Um, I can't say that that was the the most successful venture. Uh, I think just a, a mixture of uh, some some mixed results as well as uh, some just untimely. Um, bike malfunctions although there's never really a good time for a bike to malfunction but uh either way uh, mitchell seemed like he was in great spirits all day chatted with him a little bit uh he was having he was having some himself some fun and uh of course you are when you're when you're winning races like that so uh, good on him for continuing his success, and uh, he's now the points leader. Uh, he did not win this last weekend. Another import from New Zealand, and this is where we have to give a little bit of a tip of the cap to uh, Julian Perrier over at PRMX. Uh, he's been at it for a long time. Trials, tribulations, and running a professional Supercross and Motocross team, dedicating himself to the Outdoor Nationals with Felix Lopez as well as um, Josiah Nitschke is uh, it unbelievable to see this kid is um, like comes up first Canadian national and he goes he goes one one on the day absolutely trounces everybody and that's uh, uh, maybe just a bit, a bit of a peek into uh, some of the speed that this kid has under the hood uh, he was even able to best uh, the current now points leader in uh, in Mitchell Harrison and honestly I think like throughout the rest of this championship unless uh, Piccolo and uh, Ryder McNabb are able to uh, wick things up a little bit it might be the battle of the imports uh, going down the stretch. Um, obviously, Josiah won't be able to um, really contend for this championship. He missed the first four rounds, um, but uh, three rounds rather. Uh, but for all intents and purposes, um, yeah, it's it's now uh, it, it's to it's at Piccolo and it's at uh, at Harrison. Those two are going to battle it out for it. Um, McNabb, uh, he's not completely out of it, but uh, he's going to have to get his homework done over the last uh, few few rounds. There's not a lot of motos left. It's a short series. And um, uh, one other thing to mention for this last weekend is they instead of doing two longer motos uh, of 20 minutes or longer, they did three 15-minute motos, which was pretty wild to me. Um, I, I'm, I'm on the, the thinking that Professional motocross should be at least more than 15 minutes. 15 minutes was about um, the length of the uh, the B motos that we raced uh, locally for the longest time. Uh, you know these guys have it in their back pocket. Obviously, uh, you still get a lot of value for as a spectator coming out to watch um, close racing. Of course, 
over the over the course of a long pro moto, things tend to get stretched out a little bit. The last 10 minutes of a moto might be a little bit trivial in the fact that uh, there's just there's no more to be gained out there. But there are some guys out there who get if you get a bad start, you can charge through. And um, and Mitchell Harrison was able to uh, was able to uh, get a, a last lap pass on Piccolo, uh, which wouldn't have been in the cards uh, had they been running that shorter moto uh, format at uh, Prairie Hill MX. So. Uh, something to think about for sure. When it comes to the 450 class, we we're getting going through a little bit of CanCon here, Canadian content. 450 class, it's the Dylan Wright show. Uh, he's won every moto so far. He's absolutely perfect so far. It's uh, it's incredible to see. Um, and and it's honestly it's to be expected. I think he's got the 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 best team with the best support um, as far as uh, just having. All everything at his beck and call, and uh, let's not also forget that he's absolutely head to toe. Everything he's the only thing he's not wearing Fox is the goggle. He's wearing uh, Oakley goggles, but head to toe uh, in Fox. So uh, when when you're out there riding uh, in, in Fox gear, let's be honest, you're just gonna be looking good. You're gonna be feeling good, and uh, um, and th- and this this is this is the result is by is winning 450 motos time and time again. Um, can't get out of the 450 class without mentioning Tyler Medaglia. He's been second every single every single national out so far. He's been strong, and good on Tyler. Honestly, the guy works so hard, and he fights so hard for these for these motos, and he's in great shape. He loves to ride his motorcycle, and it and it shows every single time he's out there. Um, I've got all the time in the world for Tyler Medaglia. He is uh, is a salt-of-the-earth kind of guy. He loves his sport, and, and he's out there uh, um, second in points. And and, ke- and honestly, keeping uh, Dylan Wright pretty honest in a lot of those motos. Um, like, maybe, uh, maybe Dylan's not pushing as hard as he absolutely would have to if maybe he had some stiffer competition. Um, but honestly, who's to say that? Like, uh, like... Tyler Medaglia is, ha- is having a whale of a season, and uh, and he should be uh, commended for it. Um, currently, I believe third in points. No, as it runs right now, Moffenbier third in points, followed by Blackmare. And I'll I'll be honest, when I watch this this Blackmare kid ride at Prairie Hill MX, this kid rides a 450 like he's trying to wring its neck. I this kid is loose. He's he's got a really interesting riding style. Uh, he's all over the bike. Um, the uh, the SSR uh, TLD gas gas machine w- w- is just like the thing dances around him. Uh, he's got great style on the bike. He's uh, I believe he's a Michigan native and uh, yeah, he's making the best out of his uh, his opportunity up here in Canada. He's doing well, so uh, I think he's fourth in points and then uh, rounding out your top five. And honestly, it's due to that uh, 13th overall from the first uh, first national year is Tanner Ward. Um, Let's talk a little bit about my particular riding. Uh, obviously, I've been able to get some throttle therapy this year, which is uh, it's the much-needed change from years previous. Uh, I haven't been able to do as much riding uh, in the in the past, so it's good to be able to uh, get out there and enjoy the bike and uh, and get that throttle therapy that we need. Uh, without it, we get stir crazy. We're not ourselves, and uh, yeah, we're just not enjoying the sport to the fullest. So yeah, I was able to go out on Canada Day and uh, head out 
Thanks to uh, my good friend Nick, who is a huge proponent of both riding on on the track and off-road, which is something that I'm not used to whatsoever. I've literally ridden off-road maybe a handful of times ever. Twice this year I've gone out. Um, and, uh, and he, and he showed me the ropes, um, so some cool single track stuff, some hills, some, some rocky spots, some, uh, some really, some whooped out sand wash as well. Some really cool trails. Um, and, uh, yeah, I still have a ton to learn, but I really, really enjoyed it. And I will be back for more of that. Nick is, uh, is a great friend of mine. Him and I have known each other for about 20 plus years of back from when we were used to mob around at, uh, one of the local ski hills. It was more, it was more of a ditch than a hill, but either way, we were uh, lords of the manor when we would just uh, run the place, basically, uh, from teens all the way up to our uh, early adulthood. And then uh, tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon, after I uh, cut out early from work, uh, I told my dad that uh, um, he can he can kick rocks after uh, one o'clock tomorrow. I'm gonna head out to uh, Grunthal Centennial Raceway, what the place where I did my very first race uh, back in. Uh, 2001, the final race of the year, I will uh, go back to those hollow grounds and, uh, and spin some laps, pretend like I know what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, that's just, uh, another, uh, um, feather in my cap as far as being able to go out there and ride this year. I've, I've been absolutely loving it. Um, and, uh, and hopefully tomorrow will be uh, beautiful weather. Um, there's a chance of a thunderstorm, so I haven't registered to ride just yet. So if it's raining, I'm a, uh, let's be honest, I'm a pretty fair weather rider. I will not be driving all the way out to Grunthal uh, if it's raining. But uh, if it's as, as nice as it has been, it's been hot. We're in the dog days of summer already, and it's June 5th, July 5th. Um, Let's uh, let's just say I'll be uh, I'll be out there um, looking good in my Fox racing gear. Um, honestly, and the so, total side note, the boots that they sent me uh, like these instincts are this is the boot to have. Like obviously when it comes to boots, it's all about fitment. Um, but if you if you try on these boots and they fit properly, I say get them because the, honestly, um in all seriousness, the the Fox Instincts have got to be the best boots I've ever owned, uh, and and I'm I'm not just saying that. I, I've had Fox boots in the past. Uh, I've also worn uh, other brands, and uh, I'm glad I'm back in Fox because uh, they're just absolutely great boots. Uh, and with that, let's throw it to commercial break right right now. As we come back after after the break, quick break, we'll uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about uh, the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals, five rounds down. Six, uh, seven to go as we head off to Southwick. We'll be right back after these. As someone who doesn't just appreciate but demands great motocross gear, I'm very picky about what gear I wear on and off the track. When I got a chance to try on their new gear, I was all over it. Fitment was a snap. I really couldn't be any happier. I headed off to my local dealer where I find all my other Fox products. I got the Flex Air Realm stuff, so I'm styling. Secondly, it fits like a glove. Room in the arms and shoulders, very important for me. And the pants fit over my knee braces, which is always important. Often I wear Fox Racing apparel off the track as well. Sometimes on a patio grabbing a cold one, I always know I'm going to look good when I'm dressed head to toe in Fox Racing Canada. When I need a fresh look, I head off to Fox Racing Canada to see what products might be available at my local dealer, head on down, and make my purchases. And lastly, 
Fox Racing Apparel just works. They've got great styles. They've got durable products for on and off the track. You're going to like the way you look when you choose Fox Racing and Fox Racing Canada. Discover your next great look at foxracing.ca. And we're back. Big MX radio podcast. Still on uh, solo podcast here. Uh, your host, Brad Gebhardt. Um, and as we now roll into the Lucas Oil Pro Motocross AMA Nationals, five rounds down, seven to go, uh, heading into the Wick. Southwick, Massachusetts, one of the most iconic tracks in American motocross. It's been on the series for a lot of years. They le- they left for about three years back in 2013, and then they came back to it back in 2016. It's been on there ever since. Absolutely love that track. Had an opportunity to visit it once, and uh, I got to say, it's one of the most beautiful um, places to watch people ride. Like Some of the guys who really make that place special uh robbie marshall like when you when you watch the locals ride there obviously like the top guys they've they've got a tick faster lap times but just the way that some of the the locals dissect the track is something you absolutely just have to see if you haven't been to southwick i highly recommend it as a national to go watch uh, you will not be disappointed. Um, let's crack crack straight into the 250s. Uh, I, I think the Lawrence brothers are going to be on, on display big time uh, at Southwick. They are uh, sand monsters having uh, spent some time in Europe. Obviously, Southwick is not Lomo, Belgium, um, or any of the other uh, really deep sand tracks that they have over there. But for all intents and purposes, I think that uh, it, it already has been the Lawrence show um, with a rotating cast of contenders that have come up to challenge um throughout the year and honestly that's really what's creating this two horse race that we see yes this last weekend jet lawrence's bike let's go uh, and that's why he's now seven points down in the championship hands his uh, the points lead over to his brother um but f- like re- in reality these these two are gone they're like it's they, they haven't had a lot of bad motos uh they haven't had a lot of bad finishes in fact um when jet's not if he's not winning motos, he's always in the top five, and that's why he's only seven points down in this championship after having a complete DNF. Um, I expect him to have a bounce-back ride. Honestly, I expect him to win both motos. Uh, I think he's going to have good starts. I think he's going to be consistent. I think he's he's good in the sand, and uh, just with some of the body language and some of the, the riding technique that he showed at Redbud just really shows me that he is ready to unleash on a, on a track like Southwick. I think it's going to be a really impressive showing. Um, and, uh, and that's exactly what I expect to see. Shout out to Joe Shimoda. Um, it's been a lot of years since uh, the young man flipped me off uh, after uh, I got in his way, kind of, at uh, um, Milestone MX. Uh, he came up behind me going 100 miles an hour, ran into the back of me. Uh, we both went down. He flipped me off. He took off. And then I went to the pits and talked to him about it. Um, it was a pretty civil conversation. He didn't really seem to want to talk about it as much as I did. But either way, uh, um, great to see him uh, make that uh, move. I've interviewed him since. He, I clearly does not remember the incident at the track. Um, but either way, um, your first, the, the first overall AMA national overall win for a Japanese-born rider. Uh, Joe Shimoda, he's been working at it for a long period of time. Uh, he showed up. He rode, rode 
Honda 150s, number 86 uh, in the amateur days uh, over there. He switched to KTMs for a while. Uh, he was a, a Amsoil, Geico amateur kid, makes the transition over to Geico. Uh, had good good season, but not like absolutely lighting things on fire season. Uh, he goes over to Monster Pro Circuit Kawasaki, uh, thanks to Lucas Myrtle. And he's been steadily improving. every. I, I would say, honestly... Like week to week, you can see small improvement in Joe's riding. He he's uh, he's a very humble rider. He's he's fun to be around, and uh, he's good for the sport. I think that uh, only better things to come for Joe Shimoda, and uh, great to see him get that win. He clearly loves the USFA, um, as he uh, even wrote that on his stomach uh, prior. He had to have been prior to the race, uh, and hoping that he would get to show that off afterwards but uh, good on him for uh for showing some personality uh he's good for the sport and uh i think honestly uh i would make him maybe the most competitive challenger of them all within the championship uh, like on top of um justin cooper and and that's not something that i would have expected myself to be saying uh earlier this season justin cooper obviously still coming off of injury but should be right in there with the Lawrence brothers, if not a tick faster. Um, he, he seems to obviously he's still battling some stuff. I don't think he's totally on, on par with the bike just yet. Um, he's been softening that thing up week after week after week stock clamps. Um, I think that they've went away from a titanium front axle to a, uh, to back to a steel one, which obviously is going to give a lot more feedback on the front end. Um, so that that's something to be uh, something to kind of take into account. Obviously, he's he's looking for a feel right now, uh, and, and a, a lot of that probably has to do with him just not having the same pace as he did on uh, in previous seasons. Flipping things over to the 450 class, Eli Tomac is coming. I know that Chase Sexton still has your number one. He has the the, the points points lead uh but it's a narrow points lead. I think it's also down to seven points, if not eight points. But uh, either way. Eli Tomac's coming. He went 1-1 at Red Bud. He very well could go... Uh, he could win the next four motos. I wouldn't say easily, but if if Eli Tomac won the next four motos, nobody is surprised at all. Um, and uh, and I, I think that he's got a great chance going and doing that. I think that uh, Eli Tomac is really, really starting to feel um, comfortable in that Yamaha outdoors, and that is a scary situation for everybody involved. Uh, and let's not forget, like as much as Chase Sexton has had some success on a 450 outdoors, he's won nationals, he's won one overalls, he's won motos, he's, he's won motos going away, obviously. Um, the one moto at high point, he absolutely just 15 seconds, see you later, everybody. But uh, Chase Sexton was not a dominant rider on a 250F outdoors. Uh, he had two championships uh, on, on, the, on the little bike, uh, but not a lot of wins to speak of, and obviously not a championship. Um, so um, his renaissance of, of basically basically turning the page and becoming a serious threat outdoors is somewhat still new to him. Um, and I think there's still some development there. Uh, if he doesn't win this championship, he'll be a contend, he'll be a perennial contender going forward. But uh, I like Eli Tomac 
over at least the next four rounds. And uh, hell, he's good at Washougal too. So uh, um, um, down the stretch, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of Eli Tomac leading a lot of laps, especially if he gets those starts dialed in. Um, Eli Tomac, obviously the biggest chink in his armor for a long time, has been the fact that he hasn't always been a very uh, consistent and good starter, uh, but. That all comes to an end when he starts ripping off uh, hole shots. And then uh, when he has to manage a race from the from the front, look out. So Eli Tomac, uh, I think, is uh, is obviously like, this is like like hashtag analysis. He's going to be a serious uh, problem for everybody involved. And I honestly, I think this one's down to a two horse race as well. We're at that point in the season where if some guys have some inconsistent rides, they kind of take themselves out of it. I don't think that, that uh, Ken Roxon is challenging for this championship um, as solidly as he would like to be. Um, I think he's a little bit further uh, out of swinging distance than Chase or Tomac is right now. Obviously, Chase has the points lead. Like, could Roxon get back into this? I think he he absolutely can. He's going to need some awesome rides like he had in 2016 in Millville. Uh, but he's also going to need uh, some help from those other guys to uh, to have some not so great motos, which they have pr- proven to have in the past. So maybe that is something that happens. So uh, with that, I say uh, it's Eli Tomac's championship to rip away from uh, Chase Sexton. And uh, but if Chase is up for the task, he's going to be hard to deal with as well. Now for a little bit something new as far as uh, Big MX Radio is considered. Uh, And I've been thinking about doing this for a while. And this podcast will come out July 6th, Wednesday, July 6th. 2022. So let's uh, do a little bit of this day in motocross history. Uh, first one that uh, really jumped off the page at me was another Red Bud, Red Bud Track and Trail 250 MX class, which of course this was the premier class back in 2003. Uh, on this day in 2003, Ricky Carmichael, stop me if you've heard this before, went 1-1 coming out of Havana, Georgia, aboard a the, actually, this would be the last time that uh, Red Bud would have ever been won on a two-stroke. Um, and uh, he does exactly that. He goes 1-1 over Kevin Windham, who goes 2-2. So a little bit of a boring day as far as the results go at the front of the front of the pack for the, the 450 class, 250 class. Uh, Chad Reed rounding out your podium with a 3-4 performance. David Villeman. Uh, a contender at the time, especially outdoors. I think he was riding the 450. Uh, if a 450 was even out yet, I think they might have... Uh, I think for 2003 is the first year of the of the, uh, the 450 that it switched from the 426. Um, Mike LaRocco also on a 450. Um, I believe Paul Delorier was his mechanic. He rounds out the top five with a 5-5 performance. Uh, Larry Ward was still out there on a... Moto Triple X Honda. He goes six seven on his on his, aboard his Honda, and uh, flying the flag for Kawasaki. None other than Ezra Lusk aboard his. Uh, that was the last season that he raced uh, for Factory Kawasaki. Was in two thousand and two thousand and three. He's on uh, Mach one Yamaha. The following season ends up getting injured about three three uh, rounds into the series, uh, but out of Bainbridge, Georgia. Uh, that's Ezra Lusk on the number 11 machine Kawasaki. The thing looked so sweet those years. Uh, I love the look of that bike. And uh, he's, I believe he's wearing Thor gear. Uh, let's just round out the top 10 right here. Um, 
Tim Ferry goes eight six with uh, a, a kind of a probably a banged up wrist. Uh, and then uh, out of Costa Rica, you have Ernesto Fonseca going ten nine for ninth overall, and uh, somehow John Dowd aboard a KTM five twenty. I don't th- I don't think they had a four fifty yet. Uh, goes twelve eight. I mean, you know he was getting some great starts there. Uh, and, uh, and, and more than likely a Mathis tuned, uh, a Steve Mathis tuned, um, Nick way, uh, get from DeWitt, Michigan goes nine 11. It had to have been a two stroke, um, 2003 at uh, Redbud, Michigan. I'll see if I text Mathis and see if that, that was in fact the case. Uh, JT money out of Melrose, Florida, uh, 14th overall in the day. Uh, it literally has JT in his uh, in the vault. That's actually pretty funny. Uh, let's see what, what was happening in the 250 class. I have a sneaking suspicion it was uh, it was the uh, James Stewart show, uh, and it was James Stewart goes one one. Uh, he missed the first three rounds of the series, if I'm not mistaken. Comes back at Bud's Creek and absolutely just smashes everybody. It was uh, uh, it was an absolute massacre, and that continued on in Red Bud. In fact, he didn't lose a moto for the rest of the of the of the year. Uh, Brock Sellards ends up second on the day with a two, four performance aboard his uh, Yamaha of Troy uh, and Kelly Smith. So that really goes to show how well of a starters these guys were um, because championship contenders, they were not Brock Sellards and Kelly Smith, but you know, they were on those four strokes uh, and it was an uphill start uh, in red bud. And they were just eating these guys up. They were absolutely gone. Um, and, uh, they were both able to hold on to, uh, top three, uh, in both motos, uh, or uh, top, top, top three overall, Grant Langston goes 10, two. So not a great day for Grant gave up a lot of points that day. Uh, and then, uh, Ryan Hughes rounds out your top five, uh, on aboard, aboard those KTMs. Uh, like uh, those, those KTMs were great looking bikes back then. The, uh, the 111 and the 105, uh, rounds out your top five other guys of note. Oh, Daryl Hurley from New, New Zealand was in this race. Uh, of course, Daryl Hurley known best for, uh, winning the, uh, uh, mud world supercross, uh, of, I think that was Arnhem. When it just it was an open air stadium in Spain and it just, it just poured rain. Uh, Ivan Tedesco aboard a uh, I think he was actually might have been on a two stroke that day. No, uh, yeah I think he was on a two stroke two stroke one twenty five out of Albuquerque, New Mexico. Ivan Tedesco goes three thirty eight. So uh, I would imagine that uh, two stroke probably uh, seized up on him in the second moto. Um, fresh off of his one twenty five East Championship. Uh, Brandon Jessman goes 17-5 aboard his Suzuki, and uh, of course Mike Brown is mixed is mixed in there out of Gray, Tennessee, uh, goes 8-7. So that that's what happened on this day in motocross 2003. Ricky Carmichael and James Stewart head to toe in Fox, absolutely smashing everybody. Um, I guess at the time uh, Carmichael would have been wearing Alpine Star boots, but otherwise everything else uh, Fox. Fox wasn't making goggles at the time. Um, so yeah, um, that's the podcast, everybody. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, if you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with a like-minded individual who might lo- love podcasts as well. They maybe they want to uh, become a subscriber to Big MX Radio, uh, and uh, and check out uh, me on Instagram as well as uh, as Twitter. Um, Big MX Radio on Instagram as well as Brad G MX ninety five on. 
Twitter. So go check that out, guys. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, have yourself a good one.